is Mickey Wright, and I want to welcome you to Beauty Superstars Talk, your backstage pass to experts in beauty. I believe success leaves clues, and if you want to be the best, you have to hang out with the best. This podcast allows you to do just that. I've spent my career as an award-winning hairstylist, independent educator, and salon coach who's helped tens of thousands to get more clients and make more money. I was also one of the first African-American owners of a full-service salon and day spa in the country. In short, I love beauty, business, and peeking backstage. If that sounds like you, I invite you to join me each week as I bring you the best and brightest Black artists and entrepreneurs in the beauty industry to share their stories, leave you with tips, tricks, and insights to take your business to the next level, and to take you backstage in their part of the industry. So if you're ready, let's go. Several years ago, it's like I saw an episode of um, America's Next Next Top Model, and there was a young lady, a contestant on there who shared with Tyra and some of the other people that she was planning to turn the whole world of fashion upside down. And so Tyra was like, you know, well, tell me about, you know, like Yves Saint Laurent, Givenchy, and Oscar de la Renta, some of the top, you know, fashion icons. And she was like, well, like, I don't know any of those people. I'm like, and so Tyra was like, basically, you know, have a seat, you know, so you can learn something <laughs> before you start to turn the world upside down. So, <laughs> so um, I realized like in the beauty industry, there's really nowhere to go if you um, are looking for information, like who came before us, you know, for some of us, it feels like, you know, the beauty, beauty industry just opened up this beautiful, wonderful world and it's like we're living in it having a good time but who was it that came before us so (laughs) so basically um i want to share you know who am i and why i'm so excited to be here and celebrate black black excellence um in our artistry in the beauty industry Um, my name is mickey wright and i've spent my whole career in the industry as a hairstylist as an educator and um, helping other stylists and salons to excel. My mom's in the business, my sister's in the business, I'm second generation, and um, I was also one of the first African-American owners of a full-service salon and day spa in the country. And you could say that I love the beauty industry. And so Beauty Superstars Talk was born um, basically out of the murder of George Floyd and the racial tensions that erupted after that. And so it quickly, you know, the tensions spilled into the beauty industry, which is still, you know, next to church, one of the most segregated industries in the country. And right. so during that time, I actually had the honor to attend a couple of calls or Zooms, I guess you could say. And mm-hmm. uh, Black artists were there from all different fields. And, you know, it was kind of meeting each other. Um, some people I knew, some people I didn't, of course. But Um, And everybody was sharing their stories. And for many of them, there was like a lot of pain with, you know, subtle and not so subtle racism in the industry. But they didn't let it stop them because their stories are so powerful. And I left feeling super inspired and like these stories have to be shared. And so that's what I've extended my platform to is sharing the stories of black artists in the beauty industry who are excelling and I want to take some time to honor the people who have come before us, uh, such as my friend here, Barry Fletcher. (laughs) He's the first of our legend series. Um, But um, we're here, you know, to inspire, to educate, to heal. This is a a safe 
place for people to share their own stories. It's like, I think a lot of times we get, you know, narrated and people tell you what they want you to hear. So <laughs> we're your story. <laughs> it's a great platform, Mickey. Thank you. That's a good thing. Well, I didn't know you. it. Yeah, that's a smart idea on your part. Yeah. 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 I love hearing everybody's stories. It inspires me as far as, you know, motivation for success. And and also, I think we need the history. We need some archives of, of what has come before us. So I am very honored that you are here tonight, Mr. Barry Fletcher. Uh, I feel like this gentleman here doesn't need an introduction, but I will share a few things. Um, <laughs> but um it's like, let's see why they may call him the GOAT, the G-O-A-T, the, the greatest of all times. Um, because basically, um, what other hairstylist can you say who's won the Rolls Royce, a Rolls Royce for styling hair? Um, there's a few of them. Um, built a celebrity clientele, became an author, and gave us why are Black women losing their hair way before it was trendy or an yeah. epidemic. And started an all-male styling team right. with the hair gangsters. <laughs> Has an online of um, of products that are currently in Walmart, mm -hmm. and was the first African American to win a place on the U.S. Olympic team, the, uh, the hair Olympic team, with a black model. Sure. So, yeah. So I think that laundry list kind of qualifies you. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy. I was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't sit down much doing my my. Tenure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, people are saying yeah. hello. Got someone from Nova Scotia. Um, and uh, if you're on Facebook, um, there's a little link on the Streamyard area where you can put in your name, so I can actually see your name. We'll try to put up some comments and and um, and actually uh, questions. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions, to so go ahead and shoot them out there as well. But um, otherwise, we're just going to kind of sit back and relax and hear <laughs> some of the things that have gone on um, in this man's mind and behind the scenes of some of the things that he's been so famous for. So, yeah, I'd like to, to just share, you know, like my meeting of you, which was quite a few years ago now. <laughs> was, um, what'd you say? Yeah, it's been a minute. All right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I was um, actually in beauty school in, um, oh, she says Nova Scotia loves Barry Fletcher's products. So I'm gonna, yeah. I'm stick that up there. They started a brand new school there in Nova Scotia, a black beauty uh, academy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really, really moving. And uh, and I like to thank them for their uh, support there with Barry Fletcher products, of course. Yeah. Samantha uh, uh, Dixon out there in uh, Nova Scotia. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're glad you're here, Samantha, and everyone else. So, um, yeah, uh, when I was in beauty school, which was in um, Houston, Texas, and I had lived briefly in the D.C. area, but everything I was seeing in the magazines, they were, you know, kind of just starting to be black magazines, you know, where wow. I had black passion and all of that and so um, yeah, yeah yep i think that was out already and i was just seeing you know barry fletcher among some others and i was just like that's where i want to start my career and mm -hmm. so i moved the next day after i took my state board in texas i moved to dc 
Oh, I didn't know that story. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy, but um, I was very highly motivated. And I think you did a class not long after I got there. So, of course, I was like front and center. It's like, okay, I'm going to see this man in person. And <laughs> well, you took the beauty industry by storm, I might add. I mean, you went, you went right on from school to being a great stylist known all over the uh, metropolitan area and then opened the first spa. I was like, wow. And you still kept your... Your, your gentleness, you know, you've always been such a queen. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Heard your mom. I mean, y'all just, you know, <laughs> have done a lot for the beauty industry in general. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, we appreciate you. We both love you. So, <laughs> yeah. But you're definitely a major inspiration for me. And, um, Tell us like a little bit about like getting started. And I definitely want to hear more about the Rolls Royce part. <laughs> yeah, getting started was, uh, you know, that's always a challenge because let's go back. Uh, so when I came out of high school, so firstly, I should say I'm from a family of 10. So it was no way my mother was going to send me to college. <laughs> Forget about it. Matter of fact, it took me 13 years to get out of high school. So I was like, <laughs> let me get me a trade or something, you know. Okay. <laughs> I went to, so I went to bar I went to barbering school, uh, Armstrong Adult Training uh center in um uh, in uh first and Peachtree, Northwest DC. And uh so I did that part time while I was uh, you know, um working, uh, I think I was delivering paint and then I took classes, put, you know, learning how to assemble uh, computers for a bank. And uh, so I did computer entry system uh, manufacturing for a while. And it's so boring. I just didn't like the technique, the, the science of it. And the, you know, the tech. it's just too boring for me. I'm an artist, you know, so I, I never really got into the science that much. So my whole life has been around art, you know, and um, and so I actually knew it was time when they wanted to make me supervisor. I knew it was time to leave. <laughs> so, you know, I said, you know, I was, uh, I had gotten my barber's license first and then I uh, went on to get my master's barber's license. And then Maryland, um, they cut your time in half if you, if you go to cosmetology with the master's barber's license. So it was a commodity for me to, to roll over into cosmetology because I didn't want to go the computer route, uh, you know. And uh, so I uh, I applied for a grant and I, I got that, got in, you know, uh, right before Reagan got in office and cut that program out. Oh, wow. But, you know, and I want to, right while I'm at this point talking about this, I'd like to say, you know, career centers like, like Armstrong that I went to, I could go for free just with using a D.C. address. We need more of those in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. We need more career centers. So, uh, you know, after all, it is our black, you know, kids, especially the young men that are dropping out of school in an alarming fashion. And they seem not to have nothing on their mind in terms of what they will do after that. So my nephew, I was trying to get him to get serious about some of all his friends wanting to be rappers. So, you know, he... Uh, <laughs> So he never really got out of his little street uh, authority there, you know. So he wanted to sell drugs, and I and I'm like, so soon we'll be able to buy weed, you know, over the counter. So what you gonna do then? So the young guys just don't have anything to shoot for. So 
So the beauty industry has always been one of those things. Not only one of the industries that you could get into and, and thrive, you know, barbering and cosmetology, but it, it's also the only one we have a monopoly on, you know, in terms of, you know, I mean, we got black schools, black distribution, black salons, black barbershops, uh, black manufacturing, which helps to send black kids to school. You know, uh, so we have that a monopoly on that in, on this industry, the black beauty industry and uh, maybe the funeral homes, you know. So, you know, uh, it's important that we know that um, this is an industry we're fighting for. So. So anyway, I started out um, uh, as a stylist there and it only took me four and a half months to uh, uh, go through um cosmetology school. I was trying to think of the name of the school, Beauty Concept, Hair Concepts up in Silver Springs, right? So it was a mostly white school. And uh, so I didn't know anything. I was just a barber. I knew I hadn't done any hair. So I was so it was a few um, people in there were willing to help me. A guy that worked for one of the famous hairstylists, Robin Ware, who did, uh, is it Nancy Reagan? No. I think so. Oh, yeah, right. Nancy Reagan's boot fine. He did that right away. You know, so guy, you know, I had to sit beside there, you know, you know, I say it that way because I was a little nervous back there in 81. You know, you go in the beauty They thought all men had to be gay to go with the beauty. So it, it, it almost kept me out of it, you know. Hmm. But then I had just got off of uh, my boxing career. You know, I had just went to the finals in the Golden Gloves. So and I was leaving that to go to cosmetology. So I said, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> let them try me. You know, I was a little scared, but I was, let them try me. But now, you know, I'm on way over there. It's no homophobia, anything. You know, it's like a great industry. And I learned a lot from everybody, white and black students, you know, alike to help me. So I learned both textures, which I think is the key to survival these days, because if you can't make it in, and the and the black salons, you might be able to go to the white salon and do some round brushing and cutting, you know. So you know you need all skills. So anyway, I got my um, uh, I went to cosmetology for four and a half years, and I you know passed the test. So now I got both barbers, the master barbers and the cubs on. So I went to Floyd Kenyatta fingertips up in Silver Springs, mm -hmm. and I really liked this guy. I mean, I was you know he was the man at the time. I mean, in '81. Uh, he had a, a, a house in Silver Springs, and uh, it was a gated house, and he had a Rolls Royce, and he was sitting beside I, I said, wow, this is where I want to go. And he was like, uh, in essence and everything, you know, Floyd was doing everything. So Floyd, you know, I give him a lot of credit for um, for my career, you know, just my thinking, the mental thing of keep moving and next, what's next, a new project. I'm like, you know, the whole time I finished one project, I'm on another. You know, so I don't sit around and uh, and, uh, and you know and and idle. So by eighty two, that was my two years uh, needed. No, it's eighty three. Eighty one, eighty three. That was the two years I needed to get my manager's license. So as soon as I was able to take my manager's exam, I left Floyd, bought a house, put the salon in it, and uh, started my own career. So you know, I didn't waste any time. As soon as I was able. I did it, and uh, and then I wanted to keep continue to compete, you know, because as a student, I won some competitions in uh, D.C. and I competed against my 
dear friend the late Tim Gray, you know, who was a bad dude. I mean, it's, that that guy is a nice guy, man. He could really do some hair too. I mean, like, I learned a lot from him, and you know, so you know, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But you know, I you know, I was one of those guys when I was coming up. My first year, I went to everybody's salon, you know, around my neighborhood. I would go in there and start asking them questions and hanging around. Some people would, you know, shun me off, get out of here. You know, we, hey. when I went up Georgia Avenue in DC, all the salons on man, you know, um, you name it, man. And not only Tim Gray's salon, but Jack Kay and uh, Solly's. And, uh, you know, it was a bunch of them, like Vincent and um, Vincent Cook and a whole bunch of salons in DC. I used to go and hang out because they were all veterans. I was new. And I, you know, so I'm asking 100,000 questions, you know, and that's how, and I start writing down notes and that's how I start writing, you know, making articles. And so they had a magazine called The Body Garage, Bill, Bill Green, H-U-R, uh, and I started writing for his magazine every week. And so he'd give me, i give him the articles and he'd give me a free ad. And that's how I built my clientele with the fingertips. So I'm helping Floyd, you know, to make his first thousand dollars a day. And then he retired and I took over his clientele because I was his assistant for about close to six months. And man, by the time I came from under him, I knew exactly what to do. You know, I was pretty polished, you know. And so that's why I went on to open my own salon. And uh, and I learned a lot of stuff from, you know, all the stylists out there, you know, you know, Olive Benson and Thomas Hayden, uh, John Atchison. It was uh, Jim Williams. James Harris, you know, a lot of these guys really, really good, you know, and uh, it was a lot of good artists back then. And uh, and then I trained a lot under Ann and Gary Bray. But Ann Bray is probably the most brilliant stylist I've ever seen in my life. Man, that girl, that lady could do some hair. And she's a white lady, you know, has a salon in Huntsville, Alabama. It used to be called Masters. <sighs> I've never seen nobody in my life put together hairstyles like Ann Bray and Gary could teach like nobody else. So that really propelled me. That's, that helped me win the Rolls Royce and helped me make the Olympic team. You know, Ann and Gary Bray, I really owe them a lot, you know, and uh, the late Gary Bray, I should say. And uh, and she's still rolling, uh, you know, uh, sweet as you want me. Any of you all, if you can get a chance, I don't know if she's still training, but if you can get a chance, you need to go see her. <laughs> but anyway, uh, where am I? I said, then I, after I opened the salon there in 83, 84, then I competed for the Rolls Royce in 84. I lost by, I came in fourth place, some, came back in 85, and I won the thing and drove it home. And then my whole career started, just started, you know, I just propelled it, propelled itself. And people just called me, people, celebrities coming to eat us. It was just a mess, man. Uh, it was just hard for me. I mean, that's why I got an injury now. Can you see this cast on my hand? Oh, see that? wow. Uh -huh. I used to do about 20 people a day back in the 80s, you know. So <laughs> you hairdressers have no idea. I, I was doing about, yeah, you know, I, I averaged about 3,500 a week, you know, and that was, you know, with two assistants, but that's about average, you know. But um, <laughs> back then, I'm talking 80s, 90s. So, you know, I mean, we were rolling and, and you know, I, you know, and here's the thing, <clears throat> the kicker, it was sort of a new thing, you know, getting your hair done in a salon and you could cut and relax and curl and color and, all, and, you know, black women were just going crazy. And and as a result, they were patient. 
you know, we have we had clients waiting in the salon for like two hours, three hours. What they didn't even complain. It was after I won the rose. That, no, I made the Olympic team. Why all these white clients that came? They started complaining. They were playing. They didn't want to wait. You know, so I, you know, I nicely got rid of all of them. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm in the black community. You know, I'm really catering to the black. I can do all kind of hair, but if you're gonna have a problem, you know, then you know, you know, black women don't have a problem with it. And so, you know, nowadays, you know, we wouldn't dare keep anybody waiting. You know. I have a salon here in Mitchellville, uh, and I, you know, I of course retired. But my manager Joe uh, is an extremely um, talented and gifted stylist that I started from the beginning, 25, mm-hmm. 28 years ago. You know, wow. so when you start him out from school, and this guy, he's brilliant. So I, I could easily retire with him. But so, so if you need a really good cut and style, you know, Joe Chiz, he's still, uh, uh, he's still carries that very Fletcher flair, if you will, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, so, so let's see, I, I, I got it to, I'm, I'm at avant-garde. Then I retired after I wrote the book, Why Are Black Women Losing Their Hair? <laughs> I retired in 2000 for like four years, came back in 2004 after I, I made a, a killer <laughs> with this book. I mean, I was telling Fifty dollars a pop back then, and they were lined up waiting for it. You know, wow. you know, you know. Not to, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it's just true. You know, that's what happened. It was the first book that was a guide that helped people learn to establish a relationship with their hair. And I will tell you, all you young students that are in school or coming out, or your first year in, second, and even some of your veterans, if, if you haven't read this book. You might want to go to barryfletcher.com and order your book and get on top of and get in front of the industry instead of being behind and trying to figure out what the heck is going on, especially as you call it, a hair, hair loss pandemic crisis that we're going through right now. So that book, you know, should be in every salon or at least in every hairdresser's um, home coffee table at home. Because if you're serious about hair, you really got to know about it. See, the stylists today, they don't really, they haven't been primed and groomed to learn how to grow hair, to treat hair, to keep it healthy and moist and strong. You know, they don't get that. You know, we had to go to classes before we got products. You know, back in the day, I had to go and qualify, certify to get any products. But now, you know, um, they can get anything they want, you know, and it's delivered to them. You still have your book. Yeah, that's uh, the time. Yeah, it's my girl. Uh, yeah, um, Angela, well, I, 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 a lot of folks out here with the book. <laughs> not Danny. Yeah, I, you know, but you know, the book, your book is like the Bible of the beauty industry. And, um, you know, I have fun writing it. And the reason why nobody else has written another one and it's still like the number one seller in terms of hair care, black hair care. It's because I commissioned 10 different doctors, dermatologists, trichologists, naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, and so forth to write chapters. So, you know, I had to pay everybody to write chapters to make sure that I got different perspectives. And so when the sister went in to read and she had a particular problem, when she read the book, she can get in where she fit in, you know, because there's so many different perspectives to tell you why you're having issues. And so many different doctors telling you different things in different ways, you know, you know, that you could lose hair and ways to 
avoid that and uh, remedy the problem, uh, that it's, it's just, you know, something that you refer to all the time. So I definitely suggest the book. Then after that book, you know, I came back and started doing hair. And of course, I opened up the hair palace where I am now in uh, Mitchellville, Maryland. And uh, <clears throat> so we, we've been here and, uh, and that's been a good run. And uh, so I started following President Obama in 2007 when he was running for office. And I decided when he got into office that I would follow him throughout with this chronicle. So every month he was in office, I wrote about what was going on and uh, I, I put a picture. So what, it's sort of a poetic rendition to try to get more black families into politics. So here, for an example, every month you see it's a, it's a, um, <laughs> let me get to it. Oh, this is the old one. No wonder. <laughs> I, I had to print it. I printed again. The book sold, sold pretty good. This is a newer copy right here. So anyway, for each month that you're in there, that, that you know, that I, I wrote a poem um, and a, um, I talked about what was actually happening that month, um, sort of a, um, a scenario of that month and then a poem and a picture for each month. So I sent it to the president and he sent back a, uh, a thank you note and I put that in the next print, you know, when I printed. So yeah, now, so people will get that as well in the book. Uh, and Biden, he sent me a thank you note. Matter of fact, I just found it today, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna put this up since he's running now. He was vice president in 2013. You know, and I was like, oh, I got a letter from Biden. Let me just put that up. <laughs> but anyway, back to hair. You know, my whole story. You know, uh, you know, after I, you know, uh, made the Olympic team, and then uh, in '96, I also went opened the compete here in Washington, I think it was the 96 Olympic here. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, then we competed in a salon competition, won 10 grand down in Baltimore. It was really fun. Uh, the video, I had to send that to you. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, you know, so so now, you know, it, you know, I had a really good clientele here at the salon. You know, we did really well. I did well. And then uh, in September, uh, I was coming from New York uh for the uh circle of sisters show and it's on a saturday and it was like a really good show for me i sold a ton of product people just standing in line trying we sold we almost sold out of everything right so the, so the next day i had like a headache and it was really bothering me and uh so i'm coming on the way home and uh so we stopped to get gas and i was going to take over and drive but my headache was too excruciating and so we started looking for a hospital because i knew this wasn't good and uh, so since we were coming home, I, I, we decided to go on to John Hopkins. And uh, so I went to John Hopkins. I got in a wheelchair to get in, you know, and I, you know, I was told to tell him I had chest pain so I could get in front of people because I knew I had a serious problem. And uh, and they took me in and they examined me. And then I said, I really got a headache. But I know y'all wouldn't take taking me if I just said I got a headache. So anyway, and they, they they examined my um, they, they gave me um, an MRI or a scan or something, and wow, they saw that my, I had uh, blood was pushing my brain to one side, you know, so so my brain was asymmetric, you know, and so they cut me open. Um, 
I have a nice little C shape, but and um uh, and drain the blood out and uh had me on some medication for a little while and in probably about six months I was feeling great, you know. And so now I'm back to uh reading music, singing and playing, getting ready for my 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 next career, which is gonna be uh a one man show on the piano. I'm gonna okay. be a piano singer. You'll see me in some little lounge, a little little put over the corner, a little restaurant, just for fun, you know, because I just like doing it, and it keeps me uh, keeps my cognizant skills there, and you know, motor skills. You know, yeah, you, you know, you, as you get older, some people like to do crossword puzzles and stuff, but reading music for me does it, and uh, it keeps me sharp and. Yeah, I'm really happy. Even though, even though I'm in, you know, like uh, in this pandemic, and you know, I'm sort of quarantined house. I'm, I'm trapped in here, but you know, <laughs> I'm happy. You know, it's like I got everything I wanted here. I got the movie theater. You know, yeah. But um, you know, as for hair, you know, so I, yeah, I gave it all I have, and I, I got injuries to, <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I don't mind consulting, but, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll, I'll be around to speak at certain engagements and stuff, you know, only when things clear up because, uh, of course, right. Dominique tried to get me down his thing in Virginia Beach, I think it's coming oh, this month okay. in, a, what is it, in a week or two. But um, and I was like, nah, I'm not making any any uh, appearances now you know it's like i gotta wait for this thing clear up we got a crazy president man i don't know what's going on <laughs> so i'm not gonna try anything until after we get things cleared up and uh and uh you guys i know y'all are voting for joe biden and uh, kamala harris so we can get this country back on the right footing so that we all can start making money again especially the small businesses that are really affected by uh you know this pandemic that we're living through currently and uh, but, you know, things are going well. The beauty industry has always been a, a great industry. You know, it's been good to me. And uh, and people will support you. You know, I find about about um, being a hairstylist. If you take care of them, mm-hmm. they'll take care of you. And and they don't even care. They don't care how much, you know, as long as they know you care. You know, right. so you always got to show love to your clients. And, you know, and. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Say that again, Barry. <laughs> I think somebody needs to hear it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you always gotta you gotta always show your clients the love, you know, because they don't care how much you know as long as they know you care. You know, right. if you care about them and you and they'll trust you, you know, that and they'll continue. They they like the experience with you, but they'll trust you. You know, I just think that you know, we're, we're getting ready to come around to what's that, Black Friday or um, Small Business Friday. Uh, Thursday is a Friday, Friday, yeah. And, um, you know, and I think that's another thing we have to do. We got to start supporting, you know, our small local businesses a little more. Um, and uh, I think the industry is time for us to get a strong association. Right now, we have the National Beauty Culturist League. Unless we can, you know, get with them and build that up, or we're gonna have to start something and get a maybe a younger foundation. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and no disrespect to them, I, I think that that's the best thing we have, and they've been doing a great job. And uh, and I'm a proud member of the National Beauty Culturist League because I think that we should um, 
we need that kind of support in the black beauty industry and they've been there for us over the years you know uh so so those of you that aren't familiar just uh look it up uh national beauty culturist league there in washington dc and sign up and be a member and, and 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 we need to do that in great numbers so that we can get that thing get that instead um association or the league you know really uh growing and thriving again because it really helped me out a lot when i was coming along i mean i got my doctorals um degree through them because i i taught for eight years you know teaching folks there and uh and i, I just like the whole concept of it that you know um we uh we can come together and have a voice, you know, with one another so we can plan for the future, continue to grow because beauty industry is starting to slip away a little bit from us. Uh, we're losing control and, and integrity. Uh, you know, when you have a lot of booth renters out there that are uh, semi-professionals, you know, uh, it, it really tears down the image of the professional, the score, the score uh, of, um, of uh of the services you know and see when one hairdresser does crazy and bad things all of us are bad you know right. you know you know and i i'm the one kind of guy that will fight for a hairdresser you know i'm like i believe in us i think we're the hardest working sector in in the workplace i mean you know i see black women and they they, they come you know they go to work and they don't even stop for lunch break and they work all the way through the through the day 13, 14, 15 hours a day and uh, and don't complain, you know, strong. I never seen a weak hairdresser that was a successful hairdresser that was oh, weak. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we have a strong industry and um, and we need to um, fortify it a little bit, you know, yeah. and we need to, you know, uh, perfect maybe the online training now, you know, get that down. Oh, I see Ms. Arnold. Ms. Arnold. I said online training. I was thinking about you, Ms. Arnold, when I said that. <laughs> yeah, because she was she was she um, was a teacher at Bennett um um beauty awesome. uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's her. yeah, and uh at Bennett, you know, they're doing a great job too, I, I have to say. Yeah uh, for barbers and cosmetologists. Uh, you know, Mr. Bennett, man, Chad, he, he really cares about his students. I, I, it's, it's really, it's really shows. You know, if you go up there, you'll see. And the students right. really love it. And they're doing a great job, you know. And, and I, I suggest to all the veteran hairstylists that you should go and speak to the students. If you only do it once a year, just go stop by, say hello, give them a little motivational speak speech and tell them what's going on, what's happening and what they should expect, you know, once they, you know, they get their license and really embark upon a career of cosmetology, you know. It's not, it's not, it's not nothing that you take for granted. I, I think the biggest problem a lot of times with the new and the young uh, stylists is that they don't study enough. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. See, here, let me explain this real quick. The, the kind of money we, I was just telling you how back today I was doing 35 a week without even blinking. So, you know, that's sort of like the doctor's pay in a sense. But here's the thing you go to school for cosmetology, if you go full time, it's only one year, right? A doctor might go eight years, right? So you, you could turn around and make the kind of money the doctor's doing, but that other seven years, you got to put in on your own. 
Right. See, that's where we we fail. We we we, we, we do with the teacher. We feel like, oh, that's it. Now I'll just right. do a good weave, and I'm a great hairstylist now. Or I did a celebrity client. Now I'm a celebrity. You know, so <laughs> like you know, it's a lot to learn about this industry if you want to keep the hair on your client's head for the rest of their lives. And to me, that should be the strategy of the whole thing is right. to keep the hair on the head for the rest of their life, you know, and, um, you know, um, and I, I think the government have to help the black salon industry out a little bit. Well, let me just change that a little bit. Not just so much the black thing, you know, it's just, it should be a community thing where we, we start opening up more career centers so people can have choices of where to go and what to do. We can afford it, man. You just got a bunch of schools that we've already shut down, ain't doing nothing. Why don't we, uh, you know, why don't we, you know, continue the education um, and uh, and give these, these kids who, who don't have the wherewithal uh, an opportunity to choose a path in life. You know, I love to see that, you know, I will fight for it. But right now, I'm sort of like now what I'm doing is writing songs. I have a new climate change song I've written. Some of you may have seen it. If not, you can go to my Facebook page, Barry Fletcher, and I have it on there. And so I'm in this songwriting contest, you know. So next month, I'll know. It's like American Songwriters, uh, Craft and Music Magazine, website, podcast, you know, so that the American music. I, I um, put my song in, and uh, so I think the lyrics are good, and I, and I sent the video along with it. So I'm, I'm kind of anxious. I hope I can place, you know, because that's what I'm doing now. It's still art, you know, but um, uh, I'm playing the piano, and I'm writing songs, and I'm having a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you, <laughs> you for even thinking about me, you know, because... Oh, yeah. Once you retire, you get out of the line like nobody even, you know, you just fade out. Great. <laughs> Guys. So I'm going to in here for a little while. <laughs> even though I don't know. A gold, mine, a gold mine of wealth to share. <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. I definitely want to see the industry continue to thrive. I'd like to see us turn uh, turn it around and, and go back to the glory days of the 80s and 90s in the black beauty industry in particular. You know, there was a lot going on there where these kids wouldn't have a, a clue of the opportunities we had back then. For example, I won a Rose Royce in 85. That tell you right there. I mean, <laughs> it's not so much whether I was good enough to win the Rose Royce. It was like, it was companies giving it away. If you had a, if you had a, if you could comb some hair in seven minutes and then 15 minutes, that's seven minutes for day. You take the rolls out seven minutes, boom, and then 15 for evening adding hair, you know, but you know, so that was fun, you know? So, uh, right. and it was, it was sort of like that with the Olympics too. So we had three competitions and, uh, and you know, so I like to see black stylists that get more international study mm -hmm. and train under white, um, hairdressers, the white artists, go to Europe, go to Ambre, go, you know, I went over to Vidal Sassoon for a week, Paul Mitchell. I studied several times, several weekends down in um, Huntsville, Alabama with uh, with uh, Ann and Gary Bray, and it wasn't cheap, but, you know, I remember going to the uh, Rolls Royce competition. I was broke. I had to just open this line. I had no money. Yet. I only had one-way tickets to New York. I told my mom, <laughs> If you don't win, you get hold. If we don't win, you can hold the best that you can. <laughs> we 
we got one way ticket. <laughs> so, so it's been a fun industry, I, I must say, Mickey. Uh, I love the hairdressers. I love the artistry and the way they they carry themselves and the talk and the way they dress and the way they do hair. Everybody have their own style, men right. and women alike. You know, it's a it's a great industry. It's the only industry I know still where. Your attitude will determine your altitude. You can go as far as you want. You don't have to worry about racism or, or so of course, or you know, white man holding you back or computers taking your job. Nah, it's on you. You know, so don't blame nobody but yourself. You know, so I'm just saying, it's an industry that allow you to go from making two hundred dollars a week your first month or two in the in the industry to making two thousand a week. You know, and just a matter of months if you just plan your strategy right and market yourself properly and properly and and do your homework. Stop, but uh, you know, leaving. If you're in school, don't leave your books. You know, and go home and forget about it. You take that and you do your homework, and you go ahead of your teacher. You should, the teacher shouldn't have to push you to do your work. That's 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 when you know you're not going to make a lot out of what you're doing. So you know, I walk in a school and talk to the students, I realize that maybe it's only about 5% of them going to make it, you, you know, maybe 10, 15, depending on how good the school is. And and so you have to like instill in their mind to take it personally and be the boss because you're going to have to make up for the education that you didn't get in school to get to make it to that successful rate where you were to be the, the full service salon that took that took a lot of work and planning and and knowledge you know to do that kind of thing this you know because full service salon was kind of tough back then still is today you know that was yeah. a rough that was a rough feat there and uh, and so you know like i said you know you young students you gotta your attitude you really you know you gotta think ahead and and really want to learn more than what you know because you're really not as good as you think you are <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like it will show over time. It's like you feel like you're on top of the world and getting something done now, but it's like it will start to show. <laughs> but tell us, back us up just a little bit. It's like tell us first of all, like what is Hair World? Because I think we should have more people that are involved, more people of color. So what is it, first off? <laughs> well, yeah, what is it? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what I don't know what has has evolved to be at this point because after the Olympics in '94, and I felt like would end up when NCA discriminated against me, wouldn't let me use the black model in the Olympics, you know, or in London. I, I I canceled my subscription and I was done with it, you know. So I haven't, you know, haven't. Um, haven't done much other than as a, a spectator, you know, went to Milan for the Olympics after that. And, uh, you know, but um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big show, international show that allow you to, um, you know, compete. Uh, you can go take classes. Uh, you, you, you um, It's like a, a big, like it is, it's a world trade show. I'm not sure exactly if they move, it's still moving it from country to country. Uh, but you can go on and just look it up online and it'll give you everything on it, you know. But I think that before you start thinking about these worldly shows that you really <laughs> need to tie up, you, you, you know, tie up the loose ends with, 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 with the work you're doing in your shop right now. 
you know, and in your in the community in this country, you know, uh, you know, because a lot more is needed for black women. I think black women deserve uh, a lot more in terms of answering the questions about the different problems they have about their hair because they're coming here. I, you know, a lot of times, you know, when you write a book, why black religion, you get all the hair problems. So I hear what people are saying, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, if, uh, you know, we, you know, you really got to be true to what you do, you know, just, just like any, any other, any other profession, like a chef, they will learn about ingredients. They will study it, you know, and you know, which ones are the best and you know, what, what 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 uh, ingredients you know would give you the best taste and you know and what you can use for preservative other than chemicals and things like you know you learn and study you know eating you know just like you would anything else you know um, uh, doing hair is is even more perplexed because all hair textures are different. Mm-hmm. One example, uh, if you had a twin sister the hair texture still would not be the same. It's just like a fingerprint. It's always different. It's every hair texture is different. So I tell, I try used to teach my students to learn hair textures and learn the different feels so you'll know which products and how long they use it on their hair or leave it on their hair. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just important to know the theory and the sanitation and their sterilization. It's just important and know this kind of stuff in a consultation than it is uh, knowing about what relaxer to use and what color and what strength and how long. You know, it's a lot to learn. And I, I think that we got to go back to the drone board and start getting more serious about it so we can take more control of it because, uh, you know, uh, you know, a lot of black women are going natural as a result because they try so many other things. And, and and it failed, even with the help, the assistant of hairstylists. And so now they're going back to where they home, where they have it safely and naturally, you know. And I, I like that idea, too. But, you know, even natural hair can be altered a little bit. You know, I do a thing I used to anyway, we call softening in the hair. Well, you still want it naturally curly, right? Natural. But it's frizzy sometimes. You get frizzy at the end of the day. So I would scrunch it, like soften the hair, take my relaxer, my mild, um, my mild sensitive, delicate relaxer, and I wouldn't even comb it. I would just hand, put it in with my hand and then scrunch it and rinse it out, and that knocked off the frizz, and the hair curled more readily on its own. So it's different things you can learn when you study hair textures and you and, and chemicals and, and the chemistry of it, you know, and uh, so I'm going to tell you guys, like uh, Barbara Edmonds told me when I was a young pup, you need to get a checkup from the neck up. Stop your skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> uh, she's out in California. Was it Long Beach? She's out there. But anyway, um, you know, uh, we you, you have her too. Huh? <laughs> I'm planning to have her on too. <laughs> Yeah, you just can't you just can't just wander through this industry. It's too much important because there's so many things you can do, you know, as an artist. You know, you can start your own line, you can uh, uh, you can work for a company, do platform work, uh open your own salon, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things, um, there are options there, you know. And don't forget the seniors, you know, you can also go to the senior citizen home, make sure they're taken care of. 
you know, and uh, or work out something in your neighborhood where you can get a bus to come to your salon on Tuesday or Wednesday. They bring the seniors to you, take care of them, and they take them back, you know, so you can fill your slow days, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and here's some other tips, you know, for um, building a clientele, if I can, if I can give them some tips. Yeah, <laughs> because my thing is, when I was starting out, I feel like a stylist should be able to go anywhere in the world and establish a large and faithful clientele in no more than three months. I don't care where you came from, where you go. You can move, if you move to Maryland from Philadelphia, for an example, in three months, you should have at least, you know, seven, eight clients a day. That's the full, you know, schedule for it. And here's how I suggest doing, you know, a lot of times um, I, um, I'm looking for my marketing thing. I call it more money marketing, you know, where, where I, I think about where my clients are and where they're going to come and where can I get them in a cluster? Where are there going to be a lot of them? So I used to go down to um, um, Constitution Hall, right? When Frankie Beverly and Patty Bell was there. And what I would do, here's the plan. I would take a postcard like this, right? And this is my stylist on there. And I'd get 5,000 of these. Cost me about $189 might be between there and $250. Okay. All right. So I got 5,000 of these. The concert is about at least 20,000 people in there at one time. So I get me, if it's four doors, I get me two people. I drive, we get, I get a crew, my staff and their kids or whatever. You know, grown kids. I don't know, not no babies. And we would pass these out when they're going in. And then we catch the rest that we miss coming out. And we almost get rid of 5,000 in one night. Or we do two shows that weekend and we get rid of them. Based on a 5% um, a gain, 5%. So if I gave out 5,000 of this and I got a 5% return, y'all know how many clients that is? <laughs> That's 250 new clients. And you could do that over the weekend. You know, but here's the key. Proof your flyers. I get so sick of seeing folks with no uh, zip code on their flyer, the street spelt wrong, you know, they don't say what they specialize in, you know. You gotta like put it together where and let somebody else look at it, proof it, and use both sides. And, and if you guys do it as a group, then you all chip in. Ain't gonna cost you that much, fifty dollars a piece for five of y'all. And you put it together, you might have to pay a little something for the graphic layout, or you do it yourself. And uh, and you got it. And so the, the strategy is you know where your market is. So I one time I went to the convention center because T.D. Jake was coming out. I pulled my car right up in front of the door and stood there. <laughs> they were just, I couldn't get them way fast. And I was just, they were, <laughs> I couldn't get them way fast, seriously. And they thought it was something the bishop was giving out, so they waited in line to get it. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I could build me a clientele tonight. I'm not going to play with you. I'm telling you. And, uh, and that's what people need. They need to know how to go out and market themselves professionally and act professionally and treat, treat the, um, your clients right. Do not cheat them. Do not leave them under the dryer too long because you 
you're not ready for them. Don't let Bernie and scalp up, leaving them on the scale. You know, treat the ladies, you know, nice. Give them a discount sometimes, you know. Um, serve some drinks and some snacks, you know. Uh, you know, and every now and then maybe get some fruit, some grapes. And I don't know. We used to give away, we used to have grapes all the time, but, you know, but now we just do snacks and water and juice and wine, you know, whatever they want, you know, and uh, candy, especially chocolate candy now. <laughs> but uh, you know, so you know, it's been a great. There's so much stuff to cover. You know, as a hairstylist that's put in 40 years, I could tell you, I could talk you to death. But you know, I I'm just trying to think about things that are important for today. You know, now we we're, we're working doing hair under the pandemic, and. Uh, the one, you know, I thought to myself just the other day, the one good thing I did, and maybe you all might want to think about when you're building your own salon out, you know, is to put your ceiling fan and your suction fans to suck the air out of the room. I put one over every station in my son. And I also put a ceiling fan that keeps the air moving. So little did I know that really pans out for this pandemic right now. It really works out. Um, and, uh, and, um, uh, and also the platform, I have a little platform that's about six inches, that's wood on, on, you know, that when you stand up on your station, you're on a platform. So you get give, you know, in your legs, so you don't beat your legs up, you know, get the air moving and you get the proper lighting. I, I even put lighting in the walls, you know, as well as the ceiling, so you can get really clean lighting, you know, but I think cosmetology is gonna need some resurrection, if you will. I, I think that, especially in the black beauty industry, I, I, I think it's time that we kind of come together and meet and figure out ways that we can better control and grow the black beauty industry and uh, and help the new ones coming along, you know, you know, teach the children the very best we can, you know, <laughs> wake up there, but yeah. So. <laughs> That needs to come first. It's like we gotta wake up to be taught. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what what do you see is going on in the industry today, uh, Mickey? Well, what, definitely with the pandemic. That's you know obviously top you know priority. One being off for so long, you know, really showed us you know kind of who may have been a little prepared and who wasn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That preparation is everything. Yeah. So talk to us about that, because it's like, you know, we make the money, but then it's like, oh, what happened to the money? You know, <laughs> so yeah, that's true. You know, that's one thing I learned. by, <laughs> And uh, I learned early is to how to save money. I remember this thing that Mr. Dudley taught me one time. He told me one time he says. If a, if a man can't save. The seed of success isn't in it. Mm -hmm. I had to have him say that one more time. Yeah, break that down for us. Money, the seed of success is not in them. So I got that, you know, and uh, and 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 that he told me that in '89, and I've been saying this, and uh, and it paid off now that I'm, you know, retired. You know, you you want to have something, but saving it is not as easy as sometimes you might think. And uh, but you can do it, you know. You just gotta put it inside. Mister Dudley told me to open a no money account. 
He said, there ain't no money. He said, with this count, you open it up, it ain't no money. So what yeah. does that mean? So that means he said, no like, you can have a count, but this one, you when you need some money, it ain't no money in there. So you don't touch that account. It's a no money. You ain't got no money in there. But okay. you, you keep putting it in there, you know. You know, and I, I remember I started off small, you know, back in the day. Uh, I used to save like um, about 500 to to $1,000. Then I moved it up to $2,000 a month, you know, trying to put it away. Just, and uh, I said, try not to touch it, you know, and then, you know. But, you know, tell you the truth, Saving money, man. It's it, you don't get no interest off of it. It ain't doing nothing but sitting there unless you want to gamble with it. And I ain't gonna gamble with it. So I decided start to pay off my house. So so my mm -hmm. house will be hopefully pay for in another three, four years. And instead of letting the money just sit in the bank for emergencies or whatever, just mm -hmm. start adding it to the principal. And uh, so the whole thing is like when you when you're ready to retire, you want to know bills. You don't want to have no bills left. So you want to try to put something aside, you know, to do that. And um, and you know, also I, I think that if we study a plan and stay with it, like if let's say your plan is hair care or hair loss. You know, if you if you if you get on, you get into a system where you're you're you're, you're helping people live a better life and to grow their hair and keep their hair on their head. I think that is alluring, alluring. You know, you can get people to continue to come back because I think that the salons have lost their client regularity, you know, uh, consistency and regularity. You know, like when I was doing hair back in the day, a client would come in the salon religiously like every eight days. I did the number back in there. It was like every eight days almost. So my goal was to get them, you know, but it was normally every two weeks. You got some to come every, every week, right? But anyway, so my job was to try to get them to come in every week instead of every two weeks. So here's what I came up with. So I was charging back then in 81, I think it was like 80, no, 84. Uh, I think I was charging like 55, $65, $55 on 65 for a shampoo and style. Mm -hmm. 55, might have been 55. Then I went to 65 and then I recently was at 75. But you know, so at 55, no, it had to be 65 because I worked out a deal for $200 a month and you could come in four weeks straight. Okay. So, so, and you could get, you know, a relaxer in that four month, four weeks. You know, you know, you can get one. You can get a serious chemical to relaxer, and then maybe a color, a semi permanent color with that. You know, but two hundred dollars a month, and that worked like a charm. Most of my clients gave me two hundred a month. It was automatic. They pay up front. If you miss it, you miss it. You don't get no. I was strict too, unless you call and you worked it out with me and I said, all right, I let you slide this week. You know, if you missed that week, you missed it, but you come in for, you know, $200 a, a month. Man, that worked out. I, I had money in the bank before the money even started, you know, so, you know, right, right. that was another thing. And you, you, most importantly, you got them in the habit of coming into the salon and getting treatments and, uh, 
coming to see you. See, you're the doctor when you're the hairdresser. You know, they, you know, people are under the auspices of your direction, and they depend on you to do right and they tell them right. You know, and and just because you learn from the, the books, don't always make it right. Because you know, we had like some problems with the uh, our, our our book that we were the Milady book, right. where they didn't they didn't teach you to relax or right. Matter of fact, we didn't teach the cut right. You know? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, they need some help. So they they commission you with that to help them, you know. But you got to have a basic system, you know, for everything, and that's what we used to teach: a systematic approach to cutting, systematic approach to relaxing, systematic approach to cut. You know, so everything gets faster and more efficient. Mm-hmm. Follow me. So. In my salon, if you want to do a relaxer and you was kind of new and, you know, you was working as an assistant, I would have a tray that would lift up high. The tray would come up to where your your level, where that person's head was. The tray would be about right right next to the head. So you could just reach in to get the relaxer and go right over to the head back and forth without um, missing a beat because you got to get that relaxer in, in less than five minutes off the scout. A uh, quarter inch from the scalp or eighth of an inch, if you can get there, and and you get it in five minutes, right? Then you gotta check it, you know, all the loop missing things. Then you you might have to go in and, and you know put some more in where you missed, and then you go and smooth it, you know, and uh, and then you know maybe if it was a no lie relaxer, I would put a uh, 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 a leave in conditioner over the hair that had no lie relaxer on it. Because I never believe in no lie relaxer. I never use it in my life. And I would put that over. And after I finished with the lie at the root area, and like five minutes before, you know, like right before I go to the bowl, I just pull it over top of that conditioner and, and yeah. silk it out the, uh, smooth down the uh, the cuticles of the exposed lie to the, the, the hair that has been exposed to the no lie is a lot drier and more porous. And so I would comb that over right before I go to the bowl and bam, silking it out a little bit, you know. So it would only maybe take me two times, like after two relaxes, I can get that no lie stuff off of it and it's smooth air. And that that to me, black women grow hair grow more efficiently with a no lie. I'm sorry, did I ah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate to say uh with a lie based relaxer, a mild lie. Than using a, a no lie relaxer. The no lie to me is the reason why a lot of black women are losing their hair. You know, I think it's the number one reason. If you look at my book, why black women are saying I got a hundred reasons why you lose your hair, man. But I think the number one was those kids because black women thought they were milder, right? Because they 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 say, well, it's milder, and so you can leave it on longer, and you could do it more often. Wrong. It was actually nine milder. When I put it on the pH scale, it was hotter. It was hotter. Those those dark and ugly uh, relaxers they're higher on the pH scale. You, re- you remember the, the the slogan, the no lie lie, and so yeah. well, <laughs> it it be, well, it might be no lie, but the chemical that they use as a no lie is worse than the lie. Exactly. That's the problem, you know? So, and people never got that. They never understood that. Even hairdressers, the lazier ones want to use the lithium or the, um, I forget the name of the other one, you know? Um, but, you know, um, um, 
but then you had the quinidine sulfate and the potassium. You know, it was just a lot of crap. And it would fry black women's hair right up. But they, they, they were bamboozled on it because, one, it was cheap. $4, you get your kit. Two, they thought it was mild, so they go leave it on. And they didn't leave it on because it ain't burning, right? <clears throat> and they end up burning their scalp, but you didn't see it. You know, you didn't feel it. So you take it off. A couple of weeks later, you see, you know, lost some hair, and your scalp's back. It's funny. It's now itching. Now it's thinning, and your hair's coming out. And you got a little bald spot there. You, and it's all because you're using the wrong products in the first place. You know, so that's why I stand behind, you know, my products as a hairdresser. I'm mean, like the one of the only hairdressers left with full line of products for women of color, you know, in, in this country. So BarryFletcher.com, baby, you know, but anyway, <laughs> but really, you know, there were some serious issues, not only with with the products, you know, this lie thing, because the black manufacturer now created a no lie relaxer. It was these Asian and white manufacturers, and then blacks jumped on when they saw they were making money with it. They jumped on board too, which was really, really bad, you know. And I always was against it. And I wrote the book, and it came out in 2000, and I was blasting it. And I laid out in the book how to do a professional um, relaxer and what's the difference in the three levels or four levels of relaxers. What is the difference? What is it made of? What is it, you know, so I, so, you know, the book is designed to allow you to establish a relationship with your hair so you don't make mistakes because, you know, after you're over 35 years old, you don't make mistakes if you're a black woman with your hair because it don't come back so easy, you know. So, you know, you know, um, you know, not knowing can cause you to lose hair, especially your hairstylists that don't know, you know, you know, the hair, the, the, your clients deserve better. You know, read up, you know, learn more about what you're doing, your craft and, you know, the background of it before you get in trouble. Because when a black woman has a hair problem or a hair falling out, she don't want to tell you, she don't want you to tell her that she's stressed out or, you know, because that may not be the truth. You might, you might have just stressed out, but, but not everybody's stressed out, you know. So there's, you know, there's a lot to learn about keeping that hair on the head. So a lot of stuff you can't do, and and I used to, you know, my clients would ask me to do certain things. I just wouldn't do it. You know, you gotta go somewhere else and get that done because I'm not gonna do it because it's against my religion, you know, to screw somebody's hair, you know, and come come out for money. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the other thing about, so you know, I mentioned the word money. You know, I used to like to have my salon in the community where I do, like, mostly community people, just like, like regular folks. You know, I did a lot of celebrities, yeah. But that, I wasn't really crazy about that, to be honest. I used to love my clients. They come in. We had a ball. And when I had the team, the hair games, we laughed all day. We did hair, and we laughed literally all day. And one of the guys, nobody better not come out with a bad hairstyle. I mean, I'm just saying, you, you mess with my hair, you got to walk past me, and I ain't going to let that happen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we used to, like, we used to tease them, like, to send them back, you know. And I had you guys, you know, Bruno and uh, Roger and, and uh, me see, Roger, Larry, and Antoine. Yeah. And they would, they would, they would, um, Bruce, and, you know, sometimes they would put, uh, What's up, Lasonia? <laughs> That's one of my gangsterettes. <laughs> Nicole. Anyway, you know, we, we used to um have a little um 
you know, like a tray and a towel. That like if a guy's sweating, you know, he couldn't get the hairstyle, we'd give him a tray. You know? <laughs> you know, we had a little siren to go off in the station, like in the draw. Oh, that means, you know, you got a, uh, you got a, uh, you know, mushroom beret come out there or something, you know, uh, we used to call them things. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and you know, it would require that you can go back and or I would say, hold on a minute, and I would touch it up and fix it, you know. And they didn't want that, you know. So, right, right. so you know, but nowadays shoot, these girls get away with anything, man. Fussing back with the clients and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, you can't keep no clients like that. You know, black women have, have risen up to a level. You know, they, they, they want to be respected. They don't want to be in there long. Uh, they know their hair texture already, so you can't just pull no stuff on them. And uh, and they've learning that, you know, you can't just keep brown brushing black hair like that, you know. Uh, you know, when you want to save some money and do those quick little jobs, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, <laughs> and they, a lot of them burnt the hair right off their head. So I ain't going to mention the name. Yeah. You gotta thank you, you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I want to ask you, um, on, I'm online, you know, just kind of in some of the groups sometimes. And it's like, I see a lot of people on there. Like, would you believe what this client did to me? You know, and they're writing it out and whatever, yeah. ever happened. And, you know, it's like they get so much of, you should just fire them. It's like, how dare <laughs> they do such and such? And, and I'm just like, what is everybody talking about? Fire everybody. I mean, you won't have any clients if you fire. <laughs> so you have any thoughts or perspective for that? <laughs> well, I only I, I I well, I might have suggest maybe two or three clients in my life to go to another stylist. All right, that I just me and she and I just couldn't see eye to eye. But it wasn't very many, you know, and uh, and uh I've had more success with clients because once she sits in my chair, I'm, I'm talking about hair. I'm talking about her hair. I'm talking about what I'm going to do to her this time and what, I, and, and what I'm going to do the next time. And I'm putting products in their hand so, they, so they're so holding it in their hand while they're in my chair. They're holding the product in the hand, looking at it. And so I, I know if I sell her one product, there's a, you know, uh, um, I think it's if I sell, if she buys two products from me, it's a hundred percent chance that she's coming back the next time. Maybe if she got one fifty percent chance. Somehow, I, I don't know the math right now. But we we used to train on consultations and um, and making sure that a client knew how to take care of their hair at home before they left. So right. I was big on that. You would you need to know how to take care of this, you know. And I wouldn't do styles that. They pick that was fancy, something up that you know they ain't gonna be able to. They wake up the next morning, it's gonna be a mess and make me look bad, you know. So, <laughs> but that's something you could do, okay, you know. And so, you know, the hairdresser's got to be the boss, the doctor, like that, you know. You can't be the one that really don't know all the tools to your, your trade or, you know, all the craftsmanship to create a certain look. And how to do it expeditiously so you don't keep people waiting on you always give them a hundred percent decent job. And so that's where that's why you know it, it ain't a lot of hairdressers that um that you know um have the big salons and all these, you know, clients and stylists, you know, because it's so rough 
it's so hard to keep a group together. It's just like almost like a band, you know, and you know how bands fall apart, you know, and to have like 10 stylists and most of them women, you know, at the same time. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I can't let that slide. <laughs> My team and I, we're still united. Yep, strong. <laughs> I love it. I think you all are the best hairdressers. The women are the best hairdressers of us all, you know, and um, and uh, and and you guys that do it with such ease. Well, we struggle a lot of times and we work harder. You know, I used to take my work home, you know, like people will go home and and uh, and, and just watch TV movies and stuff. Shoot. I was trying to, I was looking at hairstyles, trying to see how they curled it. I'm on there watching videos and I didn't play. When I was at, I, I took every class I could get to and I was up front with a notepad. Right. <laughs> Nobody got nothing past me, you know. And so Everybody. I. I yeah, I was competitive too. Yeah, like that. And uh, I just didn't want to. I just didn't want you know be in a position where I didn't know something. So I, my thing was a real professional. You know, every can answer any question you have about health and beauty, and if not, they can get right back to you with the right answer. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the way I, I feel. I want to be. You know, it's like oh, I was. You know, it's like wasn't much about hair that I didn't know about how to grow it, and I took the trichology class um trick colleges uh you know uh down in alabama I'm trying to think of his name uh, but um anyway so i i took that and uh got a little license with that one and also studied it with uh national beauty cultures league um and um so anyway uh i found that knowing the more i knew about hair the more money i, I made because i knew how to treat it and people wouldn't let nobody else. They drive 20 miles just to come and see me. I had a woman that would drive from Philly every week, you know, to get her head two and a half hours. So I was just like, you know, you know, I wanted to be known for hair care. So, you know, locally, people don't like you, you know, like hairdressers usually don't like each other. You know, we all competing against each other. But I never competed against anybody unless we were on stage, you know, like, like unless we really got in a car. I used to go around all the salon and talk to people, you know, I used to love it. And they used to talk about me. I used to hear that car, Barry can't do no hair, can't do I said, he might be right. They said, he just know how to promote it. He said, oh, yeah, he might be right. But, you know, I'm having fun. I'm making money. <laughs> <laughs> they never tell, they, never, they would never come to my classes. They would, they, oh, I was wow. like, you know, but um, I go anywhere else, packed, you know, but at home, now really okay okay almost the same thing with the product sales you know i get i got i'm doing more shipping and handling i just wish my my local stylist would get show me a little more love because i've only gave all my life to to them I, you know anything they wanted i would teach them i would share i would give them anything but you know you know that's yeah. how i do it because when you're an artist a lot of times artists pit their skills against another artist so they're not comfortable unless they feel they the best, so they better, you know, they can do something better than you. Well, my thing was, you know, what's best for the client? You know, right. I don't have to be so fancy and give her a hairstyle that took me an hour and a half to do, and she can't do reproduce it, you know. Right. And 
you know, I mean, I can, you know, I used to do the weeds, but I don't, you know, I, I just cut them as of late. I was just cutting them. I didn't want to put them in. And then I created a, a holistic type of way of, uh, of doing a weave with pipe cleaners. That's a whole nother story. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, my thing was always, how do you keep the hair on the head? What would this cause it to hurt the hair or is it going to help the hair? You know, uh, because, you know, it's it really, you don't get too many shots of it. And when you think about what is hair anyway, what is this fabric we keep talking about? You know, what, what does it do? You know, and I, 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 I wrote a book called Hair is Sexual, you know, and I, I talked about hair. I said, hair is a tangible form of self-expression of how we feel about ourselves and how we want to be perceived. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yeah. How, how how we feel about ourselves and how we want to be perceived. So once you understand the study, uh, you know what people really want uh, from you about hair. Then it's it's a little easy to satisfy. Now, granted, everybody wants something different. Everybody is different. Everybody hair different. You know. So the consultation is so important when they come in. You know. So I usually have to fill out a consultation form. We have a consultation form. You fill that out and that tells me everything about your hair experiences, what you've been, what you had, what the problems you've had, and, you know, where you work, how much money you make. <laughs> anyway, I did used to look outside, see what they were driving, so I know how to charge. <laughs> so, you know, when I had my cuts that range from 25 to $50 plus the Shampoo and style. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was, but you know, it, it was like another cut would like go up from anywhere from a hundred to like maybe hundred thirty-five, depending on depending on how well how how much work I had to put in or how well they liked it. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is this: I used to judge people by how excited they got, you know, you know, and you know, no disrespect to my clients. I'm just saying when you turn around in the mirror and you look at your hairstyle and you are going crazy, <laughs> I could get, I could get my top dollar for that. Right. <laughs> but if you turn around and you, you know, you just all right with it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Y'all might not want to take notes on this part. <laughs> End up But I was trying to be fair, though, and I, 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 I wasn't known as, so people might say I was expensive, but I, I didn't think I was known as being that expensive, you know. Well. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I want to say to the stylist, prepare for success. You know, start doing it now while you're in the pandemic mode. Figure out where you want to be in the next five years and start working towards it. You know, um, you know, because Barry, we can't see you well. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering. You know, I never keep still when I'm talking. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know. So I was just saying, you know, it's it's better to be prepared for success and not have it, of course, than to have success and not be prepared. You know, because I've seen a lot of people get in situations where. They really wasn't qualified, you know, because they just didn't do their homework, you know, and you got time to do it. But we're so 
we so hung up on our phone and computers and TV that we don't do our little homework as a as a as a pro. You know, a hairstylist, you know, we gotta start where I don't say, you know, let me just say if you if you really want to call yourself a professional cosmetological entrepreneur, steady. You know, you gotta put in your seven, eight years, you know. Ain't no air in that. You know, you can't get by, you know, there there's gonna be things that you're confronted with that you just gonna have to be prepared. And I think that in black women, if you're working on black women in particular, they deserve, you know, the best, you know, you know, for you to have the best education, the best techniques, the best product, and, you know, and try to have the best ethics and, you know, being on time and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, you know, and uh, help them live their best life, you know, but uh, it's a great industry, you know, I'm, I'm moving out, you know, I'm moving in the song. The next thing y'all hear about me, I'm going to be, like I said, in a little, little place, a little lounge doing some song. <laughs> I had a good industry, and I, I thank you for allowing me to recap some of the things that went on in my uh, in my career and uh, and if I could share anything uh, that, you know. And if, if folks want to send me out any questions, they can go to barryfletcher.com and email me from there, and I, I answer them all. So, uh, yeah, I'm still around, you know, I put down the shear in the cone, but uh, I still uh, consult and uh, I won't be doing any shows this year. I'm done for the year, you know, because it's pandemic, you know, it's just so too crazy. So everything I'm doing is virtual now. Um, and, uh, you know, before I get off, because I know we're closing out, can I can I share with a, a new tool I got? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just let's see where we at. Uh, come back over the coil comb. This thing, okay. you know, it's you know, like if I could hold still for a second. Okay, it's, it's a big end on this side, and it's okay. just, the small end is on this. Side. And all you have to do is just put it on the scalp and twist it, and it'll create the coil. Uh, oh, curl. Now, okay, nice, nice. One of my absolute favorites, inspiration in the cosmetology world. So glad you're doing better. Thank you. <laughs> I don't see who name it is, but thank yeah. you. If uh, you're on Facebook and you want to um, to go on to where the StreamYard is at the bottom, it has that you can put in your name so that we can actually see you. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You have done one of my first mentors. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm old kid, so I, 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 I'm sure I, <laughs> after 40 years, hopefully I got to see a lot of you that are out there now. Video coming. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. And Brenda said she's got it and loves it. So, yeah. yeah that's you know, that, the razor comb. Yeah. I have a new pick comb, too. Uh, I, you know, I call it itch comb. Uh, man, I can't Open up for it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. You see it. Hold on, hold on. Let me take it out. <laughs> I know we're running out of time, so let me make this quick. Uh, yeah, this is the pick comb right here. Got the fist on the back. Got the fist oh, even oh, up. Yeah. Boom, right? Oh, and, okay. and this is the hot selling egg cream before I get off. So now we, we egg, can, cream? egg cream is a daily moisturizer that you can okay. use daily. To, to uh, moisturize your hair and scalp, and we give you this free when you when you uh, put in an order, you know, online or um, 
or when you call in an order for the rest of the month, you're going to get one of those free. All right. All right. Now, y'all get on it. <laughs> BarryFletcher.com. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like, I want to thank you for just taking the time out of your schedule, sharing all that you shared with us because it was like, it was a mouthful. So, anybody watching, come back. If you didn't have a pen and paper, come back and take some notes because he dropped some serious, uh, <laughs> serious tips that may change your entire career. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're getting it from a legend. And so, I just want to say thank you for everything yeah. you've done for the industry. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. <laughs> it's been real. It's yeah. Been, yeah, this industry, uh, you know, that's why I'm so in love with black women because they made me who I am. And uh, the industry has been so great. You know, it's like, you know, you got to really do, do your best and, and, and uh, stay the, stay the um, toll. Uh, this was an absolute best conversation <laughs> so far. He shares and drops so much knowledge. Thank you. Angela Washington, love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much, Mickey. Right. Sure you're right. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, it's like <laughs> my big sister. So like Mickey. <laughs> oh, you know what? Before I get off, you you know, something about you that I, I was thinking about before I came on. Mm-hmm. Well, we were in Atlanta when I made the Olympic team. You remember? Yeah. And yeah. when I won, and it was a group, you know, because, you know, I'm the only black, you know, to me, wasn't many blacks out there. But you were there in the audience. And yeah. a, lot of, a lot of white folks. And I, I, and next thing you know, when I won, I had my hands up. And then next thing, it's uh, cheering. Barry. I look back and I said, you going to start a cheer or something. <laughs> And the whole crowd was like, yeah. <laughs> I caught that. I let you know. <laughs> that was an exciting moment. That was a very exciting moment. Yeah, you were there. No, I was yeah. like, yeah. What were there? Two two people before you to even yeah, make the team? Only three people make the team. So two people at one. So I'm yeah. standing there because, you know, they only do the Olympics every two years. So in 92, oh. I missed by three points. The same, I was in the same situation again. So 94, here I go again. I'm the third, you know, I'm waiting. And they got one, two, and then the last one was Barry Fletcher. That's when we went crazy. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> Yeah, I could have used my black model. I probably could have won a medal over there in London. Okay. But, you know, that's not what they wanted. So it's cool. Because yeah. you know, we all here, and that let that be a lesson to you know stylists today. Do all textures of hair. Don't get caught up in just doing black, you know, right. or excessively. Uh, I should say ex- uh, excessively curly hair or resistant hair. You know, mm-hmm. you know, do straight hair too. Wavy hair, curly hair, do it all. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Black Beauty Culture. <laughs> yeah. That's um, right. Thank you, Samantha. Angela. Yeah, Angela says she doesn't want it to end. So. <laughs> well, well, maybe so, we'll, we'll do something later, you know, next year or yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, whenever you guys happen. Because, I, you know, I ain't doing nothing anyway. I'm just okay. <laughs> you know, Yeah, we'll start to, um, to wrap everything up for tonight. Um, I want to invite everybody back for the rest of this month, which is Barber Month. And uh-huh. we've got Kimberly Coleman next month. I mean, next week, um, Tuesday at 7. 
next week. And you may or may not know her name, but she is a black female barber who barbers for Capitol Hill. So we will get all of the secrets, all of the scoop. <laughs> what do you her say? Name? What's Kimberly her name? Coleman. Kimberly Coleman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she does everything, but she's a barber and that's what she does primarily on Capitol Hill barbering really um, of Congress and um, their, um, I forget what you call them, pages and associates and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. I know she, she, I know she rolling. I bet she can shield a comb real well, too. Yeah. You got to do it all. Slide with the comb, with the shears and stuff. You know, right. She bad. I wouldn't mind seeing her throw that yeah. one. Yeah. Yep. Well, we definitely want to catch her. And then at the end of the month, I yeah. forgot, um, we'll have... Um, Sherrard Holloway, um, which you guys may or may not know his name. He's local to Raleigh area. He's a barber. He's a barber educator. He does skincare and stuff for men. And one of the things that I love about him is that he's really involved in fatherhood projects and really helping to not only help men with grooming, but growing them as men. And so he's really serious. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We need so many more role models for our black young men. It's like, and to learn, you know, how to groom, how to create, like you say, a new career for themselves or career path, as well as, you know, how do you handle yourself as, you know, just a, a gentleman, I guess you could say. And so um, we're excited about that. And then we'll be moving into Legend Month. So it's like, I know we'll have John Atchison, Floyd Kenyatta, and um, who do we have? I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, why am I drawing a blank? get <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't forget Jane. Every yeah. week I say that I, I have like five years worth of people that I want to interview. <laughs> and it literally is true. I have this huge list. And I'm super excited um, just to keep bringing these interviews to you guys. Yeah. Spread the word. Please share. Um, you know, let people know. It's like visit beautysuperstars.com. It's like there's actually a free gift on there to help you get your finances straight for um, going through all of this COVID and pandemic time. And um, it's like I have the online academy to help you with building, you know, your business and really creating the profit in it. Even right now, it's like there's a, a training that um, is for increasing your income without double booking, without raising your prices so that you can compete right now because we got to recoup that income that was lost from having to really stereotype, sterilize our, our not sanitize, but sterilize our entire yeah. Yeah. So no more double booking and all that good stuff that we were rolling with back in the day. <laughs> and so um and Reginald Mitchell is the the other person that is confirmed. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so he was heading up soft sheen with all of the moves and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Taught me showmanship on well, stage. There's, there's a lot of legends out there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And hopefully and I got and you get to the top stylists, make sure you get Patrick Bradley and uh oh, I, I've already talked to Patrick. It's like oh, he was okay. doing hair yeah. color with a okay. hilarious story about how he got yeah. good at color. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. That's <laughs> but cool. um, yeah, so if you haven't if you're just joining us to be sure to check the ones that are on YouTube, it's like all of the, I think there's about twelve and oh, each and every one is is fabulous. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so keep joining us. You're the fabulous one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
So we will say good night. We appreciate everybody joining us on all the different platforms. And um, uh, we appreciate you being here. Please spread the word and let's continue to have black excellence and celebrate the superstars and beauty in your life. So take yeah. great care. I'm Mickey Wright. Really grateful to have you, Mr. Fletcher. And um, we'll look forward to seeing even more stuff. Remember, the best way to get where you're going is to look like you're already there. All right. <laughs> okay. I love it. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everybody.